just pops up like that on Facebook, like. <laughs> I, I love you. Do what? Sell cars. I could be one of those guys that stand out front with the sign. Yeah. So, it's awesome. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. At least we have good weather. Maybe raining a little bit, sprinkling, but at least it's not a tornado coming through like last week. So that's a that's a good feeling to have. It's and nothing like the thunder and lightning. Oof. So, that's awesome. Have y'all heard about what's going on in Israel? They've had over 650 rockets in the last 24-hour period coming out of Gaza. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Netanyahu is, is definitely ready to go back and get back at them. Uh, so this is Hezbollah trying to... It's being backed by Iran is what Intel is saying. And we don't know. I mean, that's a lot of rockets. They have that Iron Dome that's shooting down about 90% of them. I know they lost two females um, last night, our time last night, their time yesterday morning. And then um, a couple of people have been injured, a couple of direct hits to buildings and cars and, and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it's um, they do. They absolutely need our prayers. And so, yeah, they, they, they've been firing back, and, and but they're limited on that because they, um, they're smart. They, they fire the rockets from uh, civilian populated areas so they can't be fired back on. Same tactic that uh, Iraq used with us. And so, uh, so it has to be very uh, skillful, coordinated uh, counterattack that, you know, you want it to be effective. And it's hard. I mean, that's a, it's a hard battle. And so let's just, just pray for wisdom for them and, and protection for them. And, and it's just, it's a rough time. I mean, being in a combat zone for a long time, um, you know, when you, it's one thing when you can just hide from the enemy and just kind of escape his wrath, but it's another thing when you can't fight it back. And so that's where they're at. They're like, ah, we really can't get you back because you're trying to cheat. You know, um, I call them cowards because they are. They are cowards. That's a coward way to fight. And so, um, yeah, that's they're just cowards. Yeah, we got a lot of UAVs. And so I actually watched one of the UAV strikes uh, this morning. And so uh, I have a friend of mine in the IDF and. So it's been frustrating for those people. They're scared and they don't know what's going on. Um, and not a lot of information's been going on, given. So they're just, they're just taking it on the jaw right now. And that's, that's rough. And so, man, y'all just, just continue to lift them up and, and pray protection for those people. And, and then a couple of rockets has made it into Jerusalem. Uh, not very many. Uh, I think just a couple. Um, but that's where Netanyahu said they, yeah, they cross the line here. And so um, that is, you know, because all the locals, I mean, even Muslims and everybody else, they don't, they don't want to 
be rocketed, you know, and they're they don't like it. So, no, nah, they don't like. <laughs> I mean, nobody likes rocket rockets coming in their front yard. That's for sure. Yeah, so uh, Jerusalem is a very highly populated area, so one rocket can do a lot of damage, and so it's it's just a it's just a bad time. But we'll just remember them, and and y'all just keep lifting them up because it, it could get ugly over there really fast, and so and that's not that's not something we want. And uh, we just pray for the wisdom of the nation and wisdom for the U.S and how to help them out and and be supportive for them and and then do what we're supposed to do. Amen. Amen. So tonight we are talking about Shavuot. Who knows Shavuot? Shavuot. Shavuot is the Hebrew word for Pentecost. Okay, Pentecost, which actually is coming up this weekend, right? This weekend is, is, is Pentecost. It's not a, from the Jewish standpoint, even the Christian stand, standpoint of it, it's not really celebrated. But it's one of the three major festivals that Jews celebrate because it is what we call a pilgrimage festival. It is something that they had to go up to the temple to celebrate. The men did. It is, it is the three pilgrimage. And so it is, it is what we call the big, the big three. And I love this. I've, 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 I've taught on it before, but not really. Uh, I've just kind of hit the high points and really kind of roll on because it's it's really good um, and what it stands for and, and I missed it for years and I'm like you know but we're going to get there tonight because it's, it's, it's good stuff and so we are going to go to the root of it <clears throat> and let's go to let's go to Leviticus 23 And 15. All right. And you'll see it's called the Feast of Weeks. Okay. So Shavuot literally means weeks in Hebrew. Shavuot. S H A V O U T. U O T. S. Yeah. S H A V. A U no A O T A O T <laughs> trying to get it in my brain. Oh uh, but yes, that is let me double check myself. I am not as smart as I used to be. Let's see. Oh, twenty three? Leviticus, the book of the law, or the book to the Levites. This was not this was not a book that was to to common people. 
This is a book just for the Levite. Alright. So the Feast of Weeks. So Shavuot literally means weeks in Hebrew. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath. Okay. From the day you were brought the leaf of uh, that day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. Okay. You shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Okay. When you shall present a grain offering of new grain unto the Lord. Remember that. Remember new grain unto the Lord. Do you remember that? Do you keep it in your heart? Okay. And it goes on and on and on about that. All right. And then it talks about the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement. And it goes a lot, lot of, lot of festivals. But definitely the big, the big three. Okay, you have um, the Day of Atonement. Okay, Yom Kippur. You have Shavuot itself, and then you have um, the Feast of Tabernacles, which is called. Something. <laughs> I can see it, and I can't even say it right now. Um, yeah, it'll come to me later. Um, but those are the those are the big three in Judaism that they they really hang tight. But you you never hear about this one. You never. It's not even in in Judaism, Messianic Judaism, or whatever you, side of the fence they run on. It's it's part of it, but it's not really one that's just taken to heart. Okay, because it's just it's just a really it's just a a grain offering to the Lord of the the spring harvest. Okay, so they plant it early. And most time it's your barley, your harps, stuff like that, and and it was the grain offering to the Lord. It was not a huge deal, um, but it was one that that you had to go up and present yourself to the Lord. Every male had to go and represent for his family and his his. Um, tribe and go up there and present himself to the Lord to the temple. Okay, so let's look at. All right, Lord, let's do this. Let's let's jump into Exodus 18 or Exodus 19. My apologies. Thing is still making noise. I'm moving too much, I guess. <coughs> All right, y'all in Exodus 19. All right, it says, On the third new moon after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai, or some people call Sinai. <laughs> So funny. They set out from Rephidim and came to the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, 
and tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did in, in Egypt and how I bore you on wings of eagles and brought you out to myself. Now, therefore, if you will uh, in, indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, you shall be my treasured possessions among all people. For, bless you. And all earth is mine. For you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. All right. What does that sound like to y'all? Almost like a covenant, right? A marriage between God and his people. It really does. I mean, it, when I read that, it's like, that's a, that's a bond. That's a, that's a, they're making a, a covenant right there. I mean, it sounds like he's, he's, he's setting them apart, just like a, a man does with his wife. He's, he's, I'm only for you now. You are mine and I am yours. And say this to the people. And what do married people do? They get up before all their family. And they make vows to one another. And they speak it. Not so they can hear it. So everybody else can hear it. So everybody else can hold them accountable. Right. And it says, Moses came and called the elders of the people and set, set before them that these words that the Lord commanded him. All right, there you go. And it says, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak to you and may also believe you forever. All right? So can they hear the voice of God? Absolutely. They're, they heard the voice of God. Now, whether they heard the audible voice or it just thundering and clasping uh, up on the mountain, I don't, I don't honestly know. Or if God just made it audible for a minute or two. I don't know the details of that. I just know that the people, the Israelites, heard the voice of the Lord. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's terrifying. Okay. And I love this. It says, when the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. What did God want them to do? Come up the mountain. I think we covered this last time. God wanted his people up the mountain. That was his goal, is to get them to him. They decided not to go up the mountain. They decided to be disobey. I mean, right off the bat, disobedience, all right? Man, that's frustrating. All right. I mean, there's times where God is, he's scary. I mean, I've been in the presence of God, and, and I have absolutely been terrified. And um, I know everybody has not experienced that, and, and, and I hope you do. I hope you do find the allness of God sometime in your life that it just absolutely just floors you because yeah, he is he's, he's just the creator of the universe 
And when he fills the room, he absolutely takes over. And I love that about God. Because he comes in, he sits on the throne. He don't come in to to party with you. And No, he is king almighty. All right, I'm going to jump to Exodus 32. And let's go to... Let's go to 25. Exodus 32, 25. It says, When Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose, all right, then Moses stood at the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. Imagine that. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro the gate, from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day about 3,000 men fell. Yeah. So 3,000 people fell that day. So what does this have to do with the Shabbat? All right, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Man, it's already 6.24. We got a late start. All right, so what does this have to do with Shabbat? So Shabbat traditionally is the day the law was given on Mount Sinai. So they left. The Passover happens in, in Egypt, right? They come out, God delivers them, they cross the Red Sea, they get into a fight. Um, they end up at Mount Sinai, Moses goes up, and so we have seven weeks or 50 days, okay, that's going on, that's taking this place, okay? So if Shavuot happens the day that the law is given, okay, this is a huge deal. Okay, this is honestly what I believe because it talks about the, the third new moon. It's, 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 it aligns with, with everything else that's fixing to happen in the New Testament, New Testament that we're fixing to talk about. Okay, so let's jump into Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Here we go. And I love the when when God spoke to the Israelites. Um, ah, I don't want to go there yet. All right, chapter two. When the day of Pentecost arrived. All right, this is Jesus buried, resurrected. He's done gone. Okay. Um, the day of Pentecost arrived. Pentecost we know as, all right, this is the Greek word Pentecost um, for Shavuot. Okay, this is what this means. They are, they are celebrating Shavuot. 50 days after Christ had passed away, Jesus was on the earth, earth how many days? Roughly about 30 days, right? 
and he ascended into heaven. Okay? So what are they doing? What are the people doing? They are fasting and they are praying together. Okay? On the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. What does that sound like? Sounds like the base of Mount Sinai. I want you to start seeing the parallels that's fixing to happen. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. What does that sound like? Sounds like God's coming down. Sounds like God's getting ready to speak. Okay? Filled the house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Okay? What happens on Mount Sinai? Fire comes down. Comes down and it sets on it. The top of the mountain, the whole thing is covered. That's why the people didn't go up. They're terrified. They're terrified of what was going on. They absolutely begged Moses, said, no, go talk to God on our behalf. We're going to die. Imagine what's going on in, with this right here, that these people are gathered together. A mighty wind comes in. Now you have little flaming tongues like fire that's coming down on everybody. People are, are in full-blown panic. Don't tell me you're not going to panic when, when the author of life comes in. I don't care how big a boy are you, you're going to panic. You're going to cry. You're going to weep. All emotion and your plan that you had when God's going to show up that you thought you were going to do is out the window. I've experienced that and just was like, yeah, I have no plan no more. This is, this is nonsense for me to even think that I have a plan. Okay. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right. So fun. Do you think everybody at the base of Mount Sinai spoke Hebrew? Nah. Multiple languages were spoken. As it here, as was it there? The parallelism, the, 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 both of them align so good that it, it takes just a moment to catch them and be like, this is the same. This, is, this happened on, on Pentecost. This is, this is Shavuot. This is, this is what's happening. Okay? And what is, what is Shavuot? It is that grain offering, right? What did we say it was? What did I say to New grain, right? All right. Let me jump down a little bit. Hang on, let me... Actually, I think I was supposed to go backwards. So what, what happens 
right before that happens. They added someone to replace Judas. They were restocking the ranks. They rolled the lots. They prayed about it. They took the lots, threw it, and it fell on Matthias. Well, it, it was close. Yeah. It was close. And so I love that that happened, but yet the same time God is establishing Moses even more and more and more in the eyes of Jerusalem. Just like he was still establishing the 12 here and still saying this is the 12, this is the 12. Because what did they, what did they say? Hey, we needed somebody from the beginning to the end to fill this role as apostle. From the baptism of John all the way through the death and resurrection. We needed that person to fill. Nobody else could have done it. That's what I love about the Lord. So good, man. So good. All right. So I'm trying to jump down. So they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? What comes after that? What happens right after that? They start preaching the gospel, right? They all start speaking in different languages as the Spirit gave them utterance, right? How many people were added to their congregation that day? Three thousand people were added to the number that day. Three thousand died. Three thousand gained. restoring the new grain, the new grain that's happening. See, it's the new grain that is being grabbed and is being offered before God. See, God grabbed them up and was like, this is the new grain that I talked about thousands of years ago. This is the new what I'm talking about. See, all these festivals line up to who God really is. And when he says, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all men, he says, that's what it was. He said, I gave myself to them, and I called them unto me. And that Pentecost, when it happens, the new grain happens. And it is waved before the Lord. That's it. That's it. And this is one of the most missed teachings, probably out of the whole Bible. But yet it is so powerful. We're talking about the life, the death, and the resurrection right here. Just in the three festivals of, of God. It is it. This is, this is the whole kit and caboodle. This is, this is salvation at its finest in Shabbat. It is the new grain being called forth. It is the new grain being called before heaven. We cannot miss this. We absolutely cannot miss this. 
I love this, man. It is so good. So, so good. Let me flip back. So, questions. Y'all got questions? Come on, come on, come on. I'm trying to find the... Disobedience, making idols. Yep. Yep. Moses went down, ground it up. Yeah. All right, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay. In the first book, it says, O Theophilus. Yeah. You know what Theophilus means? It's not a person, it literally means God lover. Okay. He's not writing to Theophilus. When you see Theophilus, it's not especially the first first chapter of Acts. It says, in the first book, O Theophilus. Theophilus was not a person. Theophilus was like a saying, uh, in the first book, uh, people that love Jesus. That's what that means. That's what Theophilus means. Okay. I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. For after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles who he had chosen he presented himself alive to them after the suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God. So 40 days on earth, Jesus was here. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Okay? What are they doing at Mount Sinai? They are waiting on a covenant to happen. They don't even know really what they're waiting on. They're just waiting on something to happen. They just they don't know fully. We just know Moses is going up on the mountain to talk with the creator of the world and, and something's about to happen. Okay, Here, same thing is happening. Hey, go and wait. Something's about to happen. Because you promised us this is going to happen. Okay? Same thing. No idea. And while staying with, with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise uh, of the Father, which he has said, You have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? And then Jesus ascends. Matthias is chosen. All right. They had two people, and Matthias got chosen. All right. 
and the day of Pentecost arrives. I love that, that the parallels happen because they get filled with power. What does Moses get? He gets filled with power, right? So much that Jethro said, hey, this ain't even good for you. You have so much to do, this is unhealthy for you. He said, this is what you need to do with it. So what happened? The 12 tribes of Israel get split. They get judges of the 12 tribes. What do we have here? We have 12 disciples. Is this not making sense? Is this like a... I mean, this thing should be, bells should be ringing. Because they, they, how can we miss this? You know? It's, it's there. We just have to dig it out. And it's, not, it's difficult sometimes. It's difficult to be like, but if you don't know the festivals, if you don't know the roots of that, if you don't know what they mean, or the times they have, or the seasons that they walk in, and, and what, they, what they absolutely mean, you can't, you can't understand, to, to understand the New Testament, you must completely understand the Old Testament. You can't do it. Unless you just get downloads from heaven, which don't happen all the time to everybody, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to understand that, that God had promised the same thing over and over again. Okay? And I love that, that what we see in Revelation that as in heaven, or, or in, no, let's just not even take that part of Revelation. Let's just say uh, uh, when Jesus was teaching the disciples to speak, as in heaven, let it be on earth, right? If we don't understand the things of heaven, how can we apply them here on earth? How can we understand what he is about when we don't understand who he is or where he come from? Or the, or, the, or the things he put in place, the festivals he took him put in place for us. We ain't talking about Jews. We ain't talking about Gentiles. We're talking about for everybody. Because he poured his spirit about on all men. It wasn't just for the Jews anymore. But those who were grafted in. It was for everybody. It was for the new grain. It was for the new people that were walking in that. This is what this is for. This Pentecost was for the new. And the Jews looked right over it and missed the whole thing. Missed it wide open because they couldn't see. They didn't have the ability to yet. Yet. But here comes Paul. <laughs> and I love Paul because Paul's a smart fella. And Paul is one of those guys I love Paul because he seems to me, and I heard a guy tell me this long ago. He says, Daniel, he says, I don't want you to study till you know you're right. I want you to study till you know that you're not wrong. And that's a lot of difference. That's the difference between looking at something for a week and then looking at it for years. Because I can get excited about something and be totally wrong and have good intent. Because I've been wrong in my life. I've taught a couple of wrong things. And I've went back and I've repented and I have got out my shovel and went back to digging. And I asked for forgiveness from the Lord. And, and 
because teachers are held at a higher standard. Absolutely. When you teach the gospel, when you preach the gospel, when you go out, and I ain't talking about giving your testimony, but I'm talking about doctrinal stuff that people are lived by and they put their faith in by what you say, absolutely, you're going to be held accountable for that. You know who's going to be held accountable even harder? How many, how many, how many Bibles do we have? I think there's around what, I know there's over a thousand different versions of the English Bible. Think about those people that are trying to translate the Bible in their own words. Think about that. Exactly. Think about how many people. It is believed at the, you know, at the end of uh, the book of Revelation, right? What do we have? Okay, let's just jump there. Don't add or don't take away, right? Okay. Is it talking about the book of Revelation or is it talking about the whole Bible? It's talking about the Word of God, right? You know, most of that is not in standard text. It's only in just a few texts out of 25,000 of them. It's just in a few of them. And it's all the new ones. You know what that was a race to? It was a race to the canon. That was a race to be like, hey, we got the final print. Don't add or take away to it. Because now you're going to be cursed by God. Well, yeah, I mean, you have the Apocrypha. You have a lot of stuff. I mean, that I've studied textual criticism for a long time, and, and that's... Yeah. Is, is it wrong to read those books? Absolutely not. Um, because cause I read history books all the, all the time that point me straight back to the Bible. I mean, you take, um, I mean, just First and Second Maccabees. It, it's, it's nothing but a historical book. I mean, it's, it's the Maccabean War. It's all it's about. Why leave it out? Some people just didn't like it. It didn't line up with their faith. And so you had a lot of uh, discrepancies and and beliefs that were going on, and so you you had the um, the canonization, which happening. If y'all want to go and study that, it's it'll open your eyes to some things, and um, it's uh, it's one of those things that's going to take you a while. And 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 when I was first studying it years ago. I got swayed one way, and then I'd study another way, and I got swayed that way. And I went back and forth for a couple of years until I was, until really I just started not caring, but taking it all with a grain of salt, I guess. You know, um, as long as I'm serving God with everything in my whole heart, it's, it's, I'm going to know better. You know, the Spirit of the Lord testifies in us. That's the thing. And if it's against that, if it's against the spirit of the Holy Ghost that's inside of you, you should know it. I mean, that's the thing. You should know it. And don't, don't ever let the Holy Ghost uh, be quenched by somebody's 
vocabulary of the words that, that they use. Okay, uh, there's there's definitely some uh, um, some books out there I I 100% don't agree with, and um, oh make them well it kind of makes them wrong. There's some of them I just don't like, and so uh, I've got a, I got a lot of books in my my library and and not all of them I agree with, and so but knowing knowing their side of that story only strengthens my side because it just holds I, I see the the flaw in what they have and, and the power that they can affect people with and so I, I know I know a couple of people that have just been taken off the doctrinal path by some preachers I mean y'all know I mean y'all have yeah Right. Well, I mean, you, you you know you had you know your. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is definitely what they say. It's um, yeah, the Messenger Bible is 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 not the one to go with. Um, I'm not a fan of um, the message itself. Um, it is a very um, It's it, watered down would be lightly used. Uh, it is more of um, yeah. It's more of like uh, like a commentary Bible than it is anything. It's like because it's you'll see some major parts of it that are just they're they're meshing their own theology into it, and that's just not right. I can read the Greek Bible and I sit here and I'm just like, how in the world do you get that? You know, that's just just horrible. But it, it is. You just have to use your discernment and and listen to God. Um, It's because they're using a different manuscript. Yeah, and, and, and the wording was different. And if, had I not seen that myself, I never would have believed it. I yeah. Was like, hey, we, we do have to be well, and that's do what? I was just going to say the Baptist church itself is 
No, they think that faded away at, at the book of Acts. In, in the first century, they thought it all faded away. Yeah. What you got, Tommy? It's so frustrating. Come on, Tommy. Go ahead. Okay. I agree. Right. Yeah. So much of it was from Schofield, and so, uh, in, in, you know, now we're uh, moving into the new Reformed theology, which is it's it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's so you you have to be. Um, well, me personally, I, I read out of the ESV, okay? Um, I've, I've been following a guy and, and taking classes from, a, um, it's the English Standard Version, okay? Very safe Bible when it comes to um, the um, Greek text, Greek manuscripts. It's very, very literal. Uh, it's an easy read, but it's it don't take anything out of context. Um, I've been following the guy Daniel B. Wallace. He's the head over the New Testament manuscripts uh, over all the world. He is the guy that is very fluent in Kone Greek and can sit here and he he's the guy that they send around the world that he goes around and takes pictures of all the codex and all the new ones that are found and all the old ones and sit here and breaks these things down word for word verbatim, okay? Um, Daniel B. Wallace, and you'll, you'll, he's all over YouTube. I have books from him, um, an amazing guy, amazing interpreter, and uh, he's been doing it a long time. I, I think he is the, the world's leading when it comes to uh, translations and and just stuff that is documented and what's not documented. What we have five of and what we have 25,000 of. Just like a um, um, detective when he gets on scene, what does he do? He starts collecting evidence. What do we have evidence of that is absolutely concrete that has been passed around for thousands of years? The earliest we have is, is the writings of John. No, sorry. The earliest we have now is a piece of silver that was found in um, uh, where the Dead Sea Scrolls are found. That was a piece of silver. That is so stinking cool. A little kid found it. And so now we have that. And it was part of the book of John. I think it was John chapter 3. That was amazing. I could be wrong with John chapter 3. I don't think I am, but I might be. Um, but you can look that up. That was only just a couple of years ago. So just an amazing, amazing time. Um, the, if you want word, word for word, a literal Bible, the NASB 2020 has just come out um, a year or so ago. That's another one that NASB, New American Standard Bible is what that's called. Um, but there's a lot of good ones. Um, what about 
do you speak King James? Thou art my sister. <laughs> no, no, without, without the these, those, and thou's, and thou's. King James is, is, it's a good Bible. Yeah. Um, but he was kind of like, he was a little weird. But it, textually, the King James is, is pretty good. Um, yeah, it's very, very, you know, it feels like you're reading something holy, you know, just because it's been around so long. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, I started off with the King James Bible, and, and, you know, and it's, I just say this way, the King James Bible is a good Bible, can we do better? Yes, I'll just put it that way, and so, um, it is, there's nothing wrong, when I, when I study, I'll have eight, nine different versions open, and so, yeah. Uh, NIV, NIV 80, 86, and there was NIV 80, was it 84? Let me pull it up fast, I have it. Yeah, 84. Yeah. Right. And then every church contradicts every church, and I'm, I'm just like. Yeah, and, and that's that's the tough thing of it. It's it's for me. It is. I like to go back to the original text. Why I like to go back to the original text is I want God to influence what the scriptures actually say in, in my life. I don't want to be influenced by somebody's theology and inputs and and everything else. I want to meditate on it. I want to sit before the Lord. I want to uh, just marinate in it and find out what God is actually saying. And then I'm going to look up who, is, who, is, who wrote it, who's it to, what time period it is, what people is it to, what point are they trying to make. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this thing in 10 different ways, trying to figure out, hey, is this, is this, is this yeah, what are, they, what are they, is this, Prescribed or is this descriptive? Right off the bat, it's like, was this is this prescribed to me or is this a descriptive? Just like, um, you know, the, the great um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, well, that that's a descriptive scripture, but everybody prescribes it for themselves. But nobody wants to use the rest of Jeremiah. It's just a little part. We we'll just take that little bit, and it's good for me. No, 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 no. You can't do that. That's the problem. That's the things nobody talks to you about and sits down and be like, hey, you can't take the whole Bible and be like, give me the good, but I don't want the bad stuff. Because he just said, hey, those people went to Egypt, but I'm fixing to kill you. You don't see that on the Pella. So is that descriptive or is that prescriptive? So. Right. Okay, just take take love. You can't you can't you can't do love right. Okay, let's let's just look at that. We 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 get. E sword, yeah.
These sorters are good ones. That's the truth. So it's it's yeah. I, I have so many open. It's ridiculous. And and what I'm trying to do is why I use so many versions. Let's just talk about that. Why I use so many versions. Well, I I go to the ones I absolutely trust to begin with. Um, I, I want the ones that are um, not trying to win me over. Okay, not is just doctrinally based Bible. You're going to have those. And unfortunately, most people that read it will never see it. But they believe it's because it's in that Bible, it's absolutely what God's trying to to put in their brain. But they're wrong. It's just wrong. And so um and and that's 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 a ticket. It's you can't we're getting to a time now you cannot trust every Bible you grab. You cannot do. That is horrible. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Oh, money is huge. That's that's why we have uh, the textus textus receptive. Okay, what does that mean? It was the text that got received. So there was a race to the printing press when it comes to the Bible. Whoever won it was going to print the first Bible. Guess who won? Okay, there was five English versions before King James ever come to pass. Five. King James is the one who made it to the printing press first. The almighty dollar won. Yep. Things you'll never be told from the pulpit. So, um, I don't, I don't know them offhand. No. Well, they, they, we still have some of them. So I love. Okay. Let's talk about love just for a second. And so, love, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine loves in Greek. Nine. We have one word in English. Nine, one. Do you think they can sound the same? Do you think you can verbally tell somebody exactly what, which love you're talking about when you just use one word? Absolutely not. Hebrew, 
Okay? Let's talk about that one. I don't know how many there are. There's like, let's see, that's 34, 10, I think, maybe 11. My favorite is Hesed, right? Hesed love, okay? That's, that's, that's the covenantal love. Hesed, um, don't ask me how to spell it right now. H-E-S-S-E-D, close. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think so. Uh, yeah, possibly. So that's that's the thing. You cannot prescribe something that you cannot verbally understand. You see what I'm saying? It's 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 like so. It's like me coming up to you and be like, "Hey, I just need you to love your husband." What what does that mean? What does that mean? I need you to chesed your husband. Gotcha. And they know exactly what they're saying. They know exactly what they're saying. Yes. But, okay, so let's take chesed. Um, I have, um, just take those two. So we have um, yeah, there's, but all those just mean it's just different types of love. Storge, um, agape, phileo, all this stuff. I mean, the stork love. I've told you about that that before. They literally get it from the, the stork because how it how it loves its family. It is a protective love, and they know what that means. Just like Jesus and. And Peter, when Jesus was, when Peter denied Jesus, he's like, do you, do you love me? We can't under, fully understand what he's trying to say until we understand what, what vocabulary he was using. So this is what we miss out of these English Bibles that are so hard to translate. It is so hard. And so what do you end up with? You end up with, with, with passages that people just imprint on what they think is right instead of putting in there the true word and, and, and just saying, this is a Greek word, this is eros, okay? This is what this is. And, and some Bibles do that. They're about this big, okay? This is why I have stacks and stacks of lexicons and, and oh my gosh, I can't tell you that before I have this now, but... I would, I would take, it would take me hours to do in 15 minutes what I can now. It's, 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 so I can take a word and, and, and so um, just say the early King James Version had numbers and stuff down the middle of it. Okay, I could take that. It had an R by the word. I could go over there and look up that, that reference and now I could flip over to my lexicon, flip that up and I could look it up in the Greek. And so that's, that's what a lexicon does. And so but you you have to be careful, and 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 I I have I mean honestly I have my own thoughts and and um, and uh, opinions about some Bibles over other Bibles and and but yeah, it is getting worse. We just don't hear it nor see it yet. Have you studied the word 
I agree. I agree. Well, let's. Eros, you talking about? Yeah, sexual love. Let's see. Now, there's more than there's more than that. Yeah, that's a good one though. Phileo self love. Um, Yeah, that's good. Gotta shovel up this thing. <laughs> shovel up this thing. Well, let's pray and then we'll we'll talk some more. Sukkot but do what? Sukkot. Yes, Sukkot. So good. All right. Yes, the the the, the feast of weeks. I mean the uh, feast of booths. Sorry. Um, so that was the Sukkot. Is 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 yes. Thank you. Um, they, they go out, basically Jews would go out and they'll build a little uh, temporary hut and they'll stay in it for a week. And it's just, it helps them to remember and, and ground them back out of being called out into the wilderness. And so it's a good, it's a good time. I've, I've done it and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, um, well, let's pray and then we'll, and we'll talk some more. So, Father, we thank you. God, we thank you by design you have set forth a plan for us to experience and and to see God in your word that that you just are it's just full of surprises Lord Lord we thank you that we are the the grain that is being offered up to heaven that Shavuot is it means what it does Lord now we thank you for that we worship you and we are grateful to be called yours And we love you, Jesus. Amen.